Welcome to the Tabletop Gaming Magazine podcast. I'm Chris Eggett, the editor of the magazine, and today I'm joined by Richard Jensen-Parks, uh, a, a last time I introduced you as a um, uh, our tame RPG reviewer, which is not fair, um, you, you, and you balked at it immediately. Uh, so how would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> uh, perhaps an untame RPG reviewer? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this I am is... not controlled by tabletop game. Well, I actually rather am you pay me, so um... <laughs> we, have, we have a transaction. Uh, <laughs> um, but obviously, you are. Uh, this is also a, um, a dad cast because uh, we started this this chat by uh, talking about our uh, infant children. Um, so, uh, if any of if we if we deviate into um, any dad stuff at all, we do apologise. Um, but... I have found that I have accidentally been talking to friends and segued into stories about fluids that they have no wish to know about no no yeah if it's not to it's... Re- recalibrate one's uh appropriateness <laughs> levels that's it. that's it yeah yeah but we don't have that filter here so we have no <laughs> we have no we're not going to pull those funny faces at each other we're going to have uh in-depth opinions about each fluid and their consistency and uh, viscosity i'm sure um, so but hopefully we're going to avoid that and the, the fluids we are going to talk about will probably be things like acidic blood that does d6 damage uh, and stuff like that um so uh yeah so uh, but we could, this is sort of a um a an attempt at a uh, casual ramshackle wander through um recent rpg stuff that we've um been talking about i think i think last time we spoke um i i approached you to do um five rpgs that weren't D. yes um, i think we're going to do this again magically by um uh just the stuff we've teed up to be, to begin with at least anyway um because i've mostly as people who read the magazine will know um the rpgs i do get time to dive into are the um lighter end of things um things with you know light systems and i occasionally get a little note on a review that you you a file which says i think you'll like this one and they're usually sort of like um <laughs> whisper thin systems uh, yeah, sort of, these the sort of games where you roll half a dice and then you uh, imagine three hours of conversation That's afterwards <laughs> Ignoring the dice roll entirely. <laughs> that is that is more or less where I'm at. Um, but uh, well, the thing that the thing that triggered me to uh, to to reach out to you to so we could do this podcast though was um, that while while I do like lots of those light little systems, um, I saw your Dune review. Um, yes, uh, which is a, a lovely meaty um, uh, two pager. Uh, which is bolted onto a nice four-piece, four-page review as well. So it's a really chunky bit in the uh, um, review section um, of the upcoming magazine. And uh, I just wanted it. But it's a completely crazy, crunchy system. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I say that, but it's it's very interesting. It's certainly a very wide-ranging system. It's actually the core rules are not actually that complicated really it just has to apply to a lot of various situations because the, the nature of of dune is that so much stuff happens you have sort of intergalactic wars sword fights and uh spying emissions and and noble dances and the 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 designers of dune have definitely tried to make this one sort of core rule apply to everything which does mean that every now and then little bits need to be sort of bolted on and 
added in to try and make things vaguely work. Yeah. Like, so yeah, maybe it isn't crunchy, but it is just so expensive because it's. Mm. Uh, I think you describe um, in the review something like um, like uh, the like the core question is how do you make a sword fight feel the same as um, you know the equivalent of a Death, Death Star shooting a planet? You know, what, yeah. what, what those <laughs> those things are treated the same basically. I think. Uh, yeah, to to a certain extent, you certainly do the same role, and the mechanics all work the same. You're just using assets with with certain traits, and the asset might be uh, a dagger. It might be a piece of juicy, you know, a blackmail uh, material, or it might be a nuclear bomb. <laughs> and rules wise, those all work the same. But I, I'm kind of so what? What about the as someone who does play a lot of like very mm. rules light things, why, what, what was it about sort of the more crunchy side of things that so, suddenly uh, drew you in? Just huge scale. So the idea that I'm going, we're going to be, <laughs> that I'm going to like, and um, and maybe maybe we need to do a little explanation of what Dune is, but um, uh, it's Dune Adventures in Imperium. Uh, it's by Modiphius, and um, it's a role playing game where you create a character and a house um i guess you create a character yes um but also you're occasionally gonna uh whip up some really like um semi inconsequential characters to do other things for you for example if you're the head of the house or uh, a high-ranking member of the house you're probably not going to go and um do all the punching um, yeah directly yeah, you don't get the um what i like to call the the star trek problem where you know you go to a new dangerous planet and you think the most sensible way to tackle this is to take all the senior crew of the ship <laughs> yeah. and send them down there to hopefully be blown up. Um, <laughs> yeah, sort of the, the the main theme of the game is that you play as as members, servants, employees of a noble house in the ludicrously expansive universe of Dune. Um, and so you know, there are lots of circumstances where you might be sending out a team of specialists to go and infiltrate so uh, yeah it works at quite a, a macro and a micro a level at the same time i think that's what brought it uh, sort of what interested me the most is because because you know i'm i'm a sucker for novelty basically and um <laughs> ultimately, ultimately so when um uh, i spoke to mark langworthy about um the kings of war rpg um a long time ago um and uh, part of what he was, I guess, trying to do there was have a situation where you could have, um, you know, people from noble houses or um, or similar uh, noble factions or whatever having some sort of uh, disagreement, and then you then you have to set up a three thousand point army. I actually don't know how many if it's a point system in Kings of War, but a three thousand point army, and then <laughs> do battle. <laughs> and I like the idea of that, except this is obviously much more appealing because it's all in you know i don't have to pay any minis for example uh, unless yes. i really unless i really want to um <laughs> uh, so i think that's what drew me to it this idea that you're going to switch these scales so quickly um I, I say quickly i feel like it'd be quickly because you could do you know cinematic cuts really um to these uh other locales other uh, other situations that are like suddenly unfolding um in a way that uh I don't know. It just it just it just sounded <laughs> really good, and also the the system that uses drives as well. So it's not it's yes. kind of like 
so you could tell me if I'm getting this wrong, but it's like the drives represent kind of how much you want it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, to a certain extent. So the um, the core rules use the Modiphius 2D20 a system which is used in um, the Conan RPG, the Star Trek RPG, um, plenty of others. And in most of those, you get a thing uh, kind of like it in many RPGs where you have uh, sort of your raw stats, like your strength, your agility, your intelligence, and then your training, sort of how good are you at firing mm. guns, how trained are you at at picking locks. Um and then you combine those two numbers together to get your target number in this case, which is essentially, you know, you want that to be as high as you can. Uh, in Dune, however, uh, they've sort of dropped the training almost side of it. Mm. So you've got your sort of raw stats, your um, sort of strength. Well, I think there's your battle skill, your intelligence skill, and various other things. Um, and then you add that to your drive, things like faith, mm. loyalty, uh, justice yes just by <laughs> so things it, like it it's very weird to gm because you you have to sit there and think now is this character a- a- acting out of a sense of duty or justice <laughs> um <laughs> exactly so yeah so you add those but it's creates an interesting thing where there can be a temptation in many rpgs to make characters who are efficient at the cost of thinking about role playing yeah but by baking those drives like into the core of like every single role you'll make in the entire game um you have to have to make d- decisions on how you'll act and it's actually quite 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 good for people who are maybe used to trying to win rpgs or at least get you know the mm-hmm. most advantages they can because you know if you're trying to sort of cheese this you'll think oh, yeah i'll do everything in a very dutiful way and <laughs> guess what you're role-playing <laughs> <laughs> that's it, that's it. I, I also uh i i would say the concept to try to win an rpg is alien to me because <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you can't win one <laughs> I that's because you play a morkborg a lot and in morkborg the way you win is by having your limbs all fall off yes <laughs> i mean that is a that is yes that like that experience is a win that's that's <laughs> that's good for everyone <laughs> something horrible ha- happened t- to my character and was it cool yes if, it. if so <laughs> It's a win, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I think, yeah. So, the, yeah, but it's an alien concept to me—the idea that people are going in trying to like optimize their character uh, in a way. I mean, obviously, you do you do want like you can optimize for fun. I think I think there's always something quite funny about um, attempting to just be like the most stupid, charmless character who's really strong. <laughs> I think I think that's a really good way to like um, make things kind of difficult for everyone um but maybe they have aspirations which don't really fit with that you know so um uh... well i mean it's it's an interesting thing because i think it's very easy to i think it is sometimes easy for people to um forget whether are willingly or otherwise that rpgs you know there are three letters there and one of them is is game <laughs> and you know i'm not going to obviously i love r- r- Role playing, but I'm also you know not going to to try and disparage if someone wants to make you know a cool character who can do cool powerful things in a game. Yeah. Like especially, and there are some games where that like if you're trying to do that in in Morkborg or in mm. uh, Electric a Bastion Land, which we also mm. have a review of in 
this issue I think that you're probably in, to a certain extent playing the game wrong but if you turn up to a game of uh, Pathfinder mm. with a murderous character <laughs> who uses 14 combinations of feats to do things then to a certain extent you're kind of playing that game right <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's right I mean that's sort of like the crun- crunchier end of like character stuff um, yeah. uh, I guess um, that I'm I'm a little bit alien to um uh but i uh, but i've been reading the warhammer fantasy roleplay book mm. and i've been think thinking about the sort of class uh race combinations and you sort of <laughs> you, you end up down the rabbit hole quite quickly of like, <laughs> what could i be um uh but yeah this, i mean it's basically shopping isn't it um oh yeah <laughs> everyone that. loves to shop even when it's entirely fictional things <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a fictional future yeah absolutely um so uh yeah, but we like June, don't we? We think June's good. We think that's uh, interesting. I think, I think it's good. I think it's a really interesting uh, game that will not be for everybody. And I realize that's a very generic thing to say. I'm yet to meet a single product yeah. that is for everybody on the planet. But um, it's not a game I'd play if I wasn't already reasonably invested in the June universe, I think. Or at least I would need to have someone at the table who yeah. was big into Dune. Yeah, that's uh, it. Prior to... Prior to um, playtesting the the rpg uh last month or so i i i, I read dune when i was maybe 15 or so yeah yeah and uh i it turns out i remembered nothing of it when i picked up the <laughs> rpg uh, but there is about 60 pages of lore at the front i had to sort of consume but i mean it, i will say that it's 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 often a sign of an adaptation being good if after i finish my review i go and you know buy the book or in this case uh, download the audiobook yes yeah the audiobook's best. quite good isn't it the audiobook's really good as well. yeah. a voice act and the sound effects yeah it's crazy yeah, it's, really good. <laughs> it's also an entirely an entire day long so uh value yeah. yes. for money eh? absolutely that is um yes that's that is the way i consumed dune most recently um because i did that while um my well, my daughter was very young, and we were taking shifts and holding her because she wouldn't sleep without being held. Um, so that's one of the things I did. That's oh, why just a segue into dad talk. Yeah, straight, straight. That's why my yeah. my seven seven month old has already heard uh, the entirety <laughs> of Lord of the Rings and <laughs> the whole bit. <laughs> exactly. It's uh, these are the little gifts you get from uh, these um, strange things you find yourself doing uh, as uh, in in uh, early dadhood. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, um, well, that was that was June, um, I guess. Um, shall we? Shall we move on to another thing? Uh, Let's. Uh, should we do electric bastionet? It's time for a new magazine, and there is so much inside this one. So we've got June. We've got Fallout. We've got Ticket to Ride Europe, turning fifteen. Plus, of course. A lot of reviews. Plus a standee for Saigol for King of Tokyo if you buy from us directly or you're a subscriber. It's on sale the 28th of May, so make sure you don't miss it. You can pick it up online, digitally, or in-store. So head to tabletopgaming.co.uk for all your info. Electric Bastion Land. What a bloody weird game. I mean, it's really good. <laughs> uh, just, I'm not sure when this is going to come out, but I gave it, um, I think one of maybe two or three must plays yeah. that I've ever awarded in my reviews. I'm so pleased that you did that because it's because <laughs> there's some because yeah, you commission these reviews and obviously I, I absolutely respect um the the marks 
that uh, people give give the games. Um, but there's sometimes I, I send them out. I think I hope this one comes back with a <laughs> big gold badge on it because I love it. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, it's um. I mean, gosh, it's it's a really hard game to describe and give it credit. Mm. Um, I suppose it's a rules light, and I mean like super light. I mean close to water light mm. um uh rpg that's that's about essentially dungeon crawling in a nihilistic steampunk victoriana megalopolis mm. where everything's awful but also kind of humorous yeah <laughs> yeah um i think i mean uh, the way I mean, I was talking to you about this just before we started the call, but um, uh, the way I sell it to people, and the way that I get most interest from other people is I, you know, I, um, in recent memory, I take it to an outside area of a pub that we can go to, and I bring this book, and um, I get people to give me a number between one and a hundred, um, and they, and I tell them what their failed career is um, in the game, which yeah. is the the basic um, uh, weird. Um, character generator. In fact, shall we do one now? Do you want, would, I mean, you could probably yes, do one hundred. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I, one second. I'm going to get the loudest and clunkiest D one hundred I can find. It, it says a lot about me that I'm here at, 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 at my work desk, and I reached out and plucked a set of dice from from my shelf. Oh, I have to show you my misshapen dice, by the way, and I mean that as oh, not. That sounds horrifying. Not, not as a. <laughs> HR incident, but as a, <laughs> right, but as a, I'm a roll, uh, I'm okay. roll my D100. Yeah. 82. <laughs> that was loud. That was loud. <laughs> oh, yeah. These things you could club a moose to death. Okay. My no, dice bag. No. I mean, please don't. No, no. Moose, majestic creatures. Ah, oh, this. Um, see, I like this one. Yeah, this is a massivist of massive, con- massive country. Which is what, what, a, re- what, what? a massivist, a massivist of massive country, which um, everything is big in, big in massive country. You stop growing just below the ceiling. Um, the picture here is of someone in a train cart, um, but they're like basically kneeling and bent over. They're like a Dark Souls boss taking the underground. That's what it is. Um, and uh, yes, and that's and that's you. And uh, you you. You would roll a couple of d6s for how much money you have and then um, how much health you start with. Um, and, uh, you know, they give you, you know, the more health you have, the less the less good your stuff is. And the richer you are, the less good stuff your stuff is, um, usually. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, and this one is quite a simply themed character, I'm going to say, because all the stuff is big hammer, big dog, big spoon, big armor, big crossbow, big cauldron. They are the things you have. <laughs> um, I'm a big dog. Yeah, I think so. I think that's uh, it's got a D eight bite, which is good. Um, and then, uh, and then all the how how you fit it into life amongst the small, and then it's sort of character traits really, um, which is like unerringly careful. You move in complete silence, which I love. I love the idea of being a silently moving giant. Uh, <laughs> so well, I used to. This is just a. Yeah. I used to live with um, in in my student days. I used to share a house with um, four other guys. And they had an average height of about six foot seven. Just I just happened to move in with some enormous books, and they, uh, they were the quietest people in the world because they were so afraid of stepping on you. <laughs> I 
used to think I was really short. I'm six foot one. I thought I think I was tiny. <laughs> yes, it's strange. I, yeah, I'm 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 six three, and then when you meet when you meet someone who is um, not average size like we are, um, you would uh, uh, you you suddenly feel very unusually small. It's a very strange experience because it doesn't happen very often. You know, because most <laughs> most people are. I don't know, what is it, 5'11", or something like that. It's a normal, normal, normal height for a gent. Um, and, uh, uh, and yeah, just, uh, it is a strange experience. But yes, that, that could be your character. There you go. And then off you go. I mean, it says it says a lot that, um, in having this little conversation, we've essentially rolled up a pretty complete uh, character. Mm. And that's one of the things I really like about the game, is that you can just sit down and get going. The um, There's no... So many games have... require you to oblige a conceit upon the party oh you need to go on this adventure and then you have to invent some reason why with electric abashing land you you've got a failed career and for some reason your party owes a 10 grand debt yeah to some people and it's um i like the there's this, there is a little thing in there of um which i like is a really like board gamey thing of uh it's the youngest person who owes the money yes and I think that's like, you know that's very much the um choose the first player sort of mechanic um but yeah and then you yeah you owe money and then off you go to find some treasure to get some, some treasure quite possibly get murdered yeah uh, exactly. it, it, it's very immediate and everything about the game and the gming guide which is pretty good is mm. all just go 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 forward yeah. forward 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 um there's no there's no failed role that fails to change the world it's very I mean and, that, and that's a fairly common gming philosophy but in mm. in electric uh Abashing Land is really brought to the forefront of everything. Um, and because the game's so simple, you, you can just pretty much sit down at the table with no idea yeah. and have a pretty good time. Yeah. Um, and it uh, and a lot I think a lot of games which have themes like Electric Bastion Land and stuff like that, they don't have the they maybe focus more on the um, I'm going to say like the uh, softer, wispier side of um, role playing, um, where it's uh, all about your sort of place in society and all this sort of thing. Um, mm. uh, but this one is about hitting things quite a lot. Um, you can you can go and hit things. It's quite dangerous, but it's, it's in done. fact it is it, it's it's impossible not to hit things. Um, one of the things <laughs> I like about the so the yeah, rules are one. the rules are pulled from old school D and D, like first second edition. Dungeons and Dragons, um, sort of D twenty based, but there's no th- such thing as a to hit roll. There's no such thing as an yes. ability check. Uh, if you want to hit something, you hit something. You do damage to it. There's no way to avoid it. All of the the monster abilities aren't. Oh, make a like if there's a a, a tentacle beast, it's not. Oh, make a save. And yeah. if you if you make your save, then you roll out the way. It's it grabs one of the characters yeah. and starts to eat their brain, and um. It's quite hard if you come from more traditional games to sort of get over the leap of like, oh, this is broken, this is stupid, this is dumb. But it actually really works and it makes things zip, 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 zip along. Yeah, so I feel like it's going to be a thing where you don't want to go back to rolling for hits. That's what I feel like. <laughs> I feel that's what it could be because it, it's like, that's more admin. Um that's for cowards. Yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, rolling to hear things is yes for uh, for for cowards, as you say, is uh, because. So the, I think the argument is that HP is a abstract representation of your ability to get hit, dodge, or otherwise. 
Um, So the more you have of it, the better you are at those things. Um, Whereas traditionally, I suppose you think of it as something linked to constitution or something like that some well, sort that, of that is the weird thing you do occasionally when if you're playing you know more traditional dungeons and dragons you make a logical leap where you're playing at fairly high levels and let's say a demigod throws a small hill at a character and they take 50 damage or whatever and they're, they're a halfling and they're wearing maybe some boxer shorts because they're a barbarian <laughs> and you've described oh yeah you get up and you're a little scratched and <laughs> it is a, a little odd Yes, yeah. It, it it seems like maybe, maybe things, maybe it should be a bit more impactful to have a hill thrown at you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, um, so I yeah, I've yet to properly properly play Electric Bastion Land because I've just not been able to get the group together, despite the uh, despite the fact that um, uh, I love it so much and I carry it around me to many places. Uh, <laughs> uh, I. Where do you go? That you just like. I suppose this is kind of your job, isn't it? So, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's more. Um, no, it's more just uh, uh, sort of casual, casual outings where I think I might be able to convince the people at this table to uh, play an RPG. Um, but often, uh, you know, um, I mean, last time we literally got rained off that we were in a pub garden. Uh, where I was going to do you just now. sidle up to people in the park and sort of say, hey, <laughs> "You want to play a rules light OSR RPG?" <laughs> Yeah. Open, open my my big coat, which is not full of watches. It's full of um, uh, account for watches. It's full of yes, uh, lights, light rules. Uh, <laughs> RPG. Uh, uh, yes, uh, of which I played a couple more. Which I'll just I'm just gonna if I just quickly just shout them yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I played uh, Hypertellurians, which is um, a similar system to Electric Bastionland, and it uses in the fact that it uses a kind of um, after you run out of HP, you start losing strength, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is nice because there's a real risk to like really messing your character up on an adventure to a point where they aren't really able to do the things you'd expect them to be able to do at the start. And Hypertellurians is a basically silly space opera game um, of uh, you are usually a cosmonaut or a one of the pre-roll characters is a um, like a reanimated corpse of a human who's got a bit tangled up with a fish so they so one of the one of the character traits of that tangled character, up like emotionally tangled up literally literally like um you're like they've, it's basically like a, a, a skeleton sort of skeleton who has been dredged up with a load of fish parts and is now nice a fish from the bottom half so basically a mermaid skeleton i suppose um but also with like lots of like hooks and stuff in them and <laughs> Oh, that's anyway, one of the character traits is that they um they don't have uh, they sort of have to drag themselves along, therefore they're quite noisy, uh, and all that sort of thing. Um, and it's just a uh, jolly silly time um, with loads of like character development options, like the depth of um you know the, the GM guide in it is maybe like five or six pages, and then. Uh, 60 pages of it is like here's how you could level up your character <laughs> to you know level 20 uh, and do sort of weird and uh, wonderful things to it. Um, so that's Hypertellurians, I thought that was quite good Mouse Ritter uh, which is a Games Omnivorous game which is a it's a nice little game of being a mouse um, and having mouse adventures um, uh, but obviously it's still quite dangerous and um, there's things like cats who want to eat you and stuff like that. Uh, but the scale is really interesting. The idea that um, 
you could play the game on your kitchen table and everything being would actually just be the right size uh, <laughs> you know like it'd be a literal like this is how far you can move you can move six inches that's it um uh so that, that was well, quite interesting i suppose it means you can play with miniatures that aren't they are just representations <laughs> that's it yeah yeah um it's yeah exactly like that like um you don't have to pretend that the salt and pepper pots are something else they are salt and pepper pots that's yes and that's kind of, <laughs> and that's kind of funny i quite like that um that uses that um that kind of uh inventory system with tokens right have you have you played one of those before you have no and so you have uh, I, I don't think so no so you have you have little, your character should have a little um block with like and this is the the deluxe box that i got, I got sent so there's little punch out tokens for like I'm going to say an axe, but it's not. It's a spoon or something that's been sharpened. Um, and that takes up two two squares of your inventory. Oh, right. And so it's all like, in terms of things like managing ammo for your tiny slingshot um, and stuff like that, there's little marks you can write on the tokens to say you've used that once or twice and stuff like that. I just thought it was just like, it just solved some of the annoying things I have to keep track of when I GM things. Like, um, how many times have they fired that gun? I'm not sure. This is probably the last time, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's more interesting for everyone out of ammo. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's Maelstritter. That's that's pretty exciting. And I also received uh, Ice Fleet, uh, which is a Into the Odd System game about going on a boat in the ice and then stuff happens that's spooky. Um, but it comes. It's one of those ones that comes with a um, a record, a vinyl record. Um, and so it's like absolute it's like hipster nonsense but um oh, but i love it i, love, I really um, like it. <laughs> have you uh i presume you've encountered escape the dark castle and escape the dark yes. sector yeah 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 with the with the, they both have soundtracks the the dark castle is only available on a cassette tape and the, the dark sector yeah. is only available i think on mini disc and i have no idea how they got access to mini discs <laughs> in 2019 or whatever <laughs> uh dark yeah dark sector came out like last year <laughs> um oh i didn't know i didn't know they um i knew they i didn't know they had a soundtrack for um uh uh for sector i knew there was one for um uh for castle um i really like those games i think they are these strangely like english style um gateway games for people because yeah because they sort of feel they're they're not like gateway euro games where it's about learning that um you're going to trade something for something and like there's some maths and stuff and no one's really going to interact with each other um it's like just like a gateway version of somewhere between wargaming and role-playing which is sort of i think the english tradition of gaming <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I love them mainly because I get to do really stupid uh, voices all the time. <laughs> you open the dark gate and all the wolves bore forth. <laughs> and such. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fabulous. Uh, yeah. Um, and that's my little rundown of, of weird little things I've played there that I just wanted to basically vomit out into the world uh, just so um, everyone knew about them. I do find it find it interesting that you sort of have seemed to have settled on a niche of like what are like in absolute fairness like not the mainstream no. of RPGs. No, it's not. I know. 
I should be I should be there playing every new D and D release. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, everyone. <laughs> um, no, if you did that, then you wouldn't have to, to pay me to do it. So. Uh... Yeah. Well, no, I'm very I'm very pleased um, because uh, you have the uh, uh, historical knowledge as well of um, every previous D and D release or something like that. So, um, that, which probably helps. But how old do you think I am, Christopher? <laughs> Of of fifth edition, maybe I don't know. Have you played every fifth, fifth edition? Do you think? Uh, I've certainly read every fifth, fifth yeah. edition thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's pretty strong. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I've ended up here, other than um, my previous life in um, uh, writing literary newsletters. So I'd cover mm. lots of small press stuff. Um, so I think anything that's small press where, you know, I don't know, that's been stitched by the person who wrote it and stuff like that. I'm always kind of really interested in that because it feels, I don't know. Um, like direct? Super, yes, I was about to say super direct. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. Um, uh, and it's like, it's less like a product and more like someone saying, I've got this idea that's quite out of canned and you can buy it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the level I operate at. So um, that's that's and and on that I've got um, Undying Sands. Undying Sands is a another games on the Boris game, um, and it's this GM screen. Ooh, uh, just here, which I'm uh, sorry to podcast listeners at home. You can't see this. Um, I will. Uh, I don't know. I want to write a review about it probably, um, but uh, you know. There you go, like that. Which is you obviously can't really read that there. But what, what I'm what I'm showing Richard here is um, the uh, numbers in the centre of the GM screen, which all correspond to this bag of hex tiles. That's right. It's a randomised hex tile RPG. I know it's randomised um, <laughs> exploration, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. So I'm yet to give it a go, but I am very excited at the idea that. Um, there'll be something uh, on the table for us to look at because I've I've always done the theatre of the mind thing, which brings me actually to a point which I I uh, so I I ran the um, alien chariot of the gods yes uh, scenario again um, but with a different group of people who really enjoyed it um, who loved it so much and one of the things I was really surprised at because this, this is the group of people who I usually play games where we just describe things you know. Mm. Um, they absolutely loved the fact that there was a map. Uh, and it blew me away. I thought, I didn't know that you wanted this. Um, that people wanted to see things and know where they are in places. <laughs> not, not just in reference to somewhere else, uh, somewhere else we talked about five minutes ago. Um, and so uh, I wondered, you know, that, that was a bit of a, a moment for me where I'm, I thought, ah, maybe I've been doing this all wrong. Maybe I need more props. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what is your? What do you do? You have um, a go-to for your um, your prop list? Uh, well, so the nature of it is very boringly that it really depends on the game mm. I'm running. Uh, if I was running Electric Bastion Land, then my props would probably consist of maybe a piece of paper or like a dry erase board in the middle of the table where I could, if I want to illustrate. Uh, you know the direction between two things maybe scroll on that yeah. um and that's about the extent that you really don't need anything else on that um but for some for some games uh having sort of props and maps and, and miniatures can be quite 
can be quite fun in some ways. Mm. Um, there are sort of essentially two reasons why I would use maps and minis, etc. Uh, one of them is that for some games where spacing, where tactics is a big part of the game, mm. uh, just having maps helps. Um, being able to say, okay, these characters are this far away, I have a mm. spell that can hit this many feet worth of distance or this many squares, and that becomes another aspect of the game. Playing a... Um, playing, because I've... Um, I used to run... Uh, Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons almost exclusively with maps and, mm. and miniatures. Then when we switched, uh, when uh, you know, 2020, 2020 did its way into the world, mm. uh, we switched to playing exclusively online just over Skype. And the neither one is is better than, than the other, I think. Mm. But um, using Theory of the Mind creates different things. It's much more about creating the storytelling in in in. in in combat rather than enjoying the sort of uh, the mechanical aspect mm. of positioning carefully and catching the enemies in just the right area to get area effect and making sure that this character is standing here so that the enemies can't go past them that kind of thing mm. whereas with theater of the mind the necessity of it is that if you want to have something more exciting than i move up to the enemy i attack the enemy then you're somewhat obliged to throw in <laughs> oh there's also a flaming logs swing from the ceiling that you can interact with in some way and and also the water's rising and you know uh, so i think it creates two sort of slightly different styles of play i suppose i should probably try and combine them but that's also difficult but uh but also having props is in some ways just quite cool um <laughs> if you turn up to the table and the gem you know whips out you know this beautiful map and all these perfectly a accurate miniatures there is a certain degree of like, ooh, exciting. Mm. Yeah, um, that's true. Um, you know, and I, I, though doing terrain does, you know, obviously add a certain degree of extra prep. Mm. Um, do, do you have terrain? Can I ask? Is, is this a, a, a not really? I um, I use a lot of um, of sort of pre-drawn uh, uh battle maps. Mm. Um, the uh, a company called uh, Loke makes a series yes. of um, of printed maps, which are absolutely incredible. Uh, for in the interest of disclosure, I have recently done some work for them, but I've been reviewing them for years, and they're absolutely amazing. Yeah, we, uh, long we, before they, they paid me anything. We <laughs> we um we really like them. Uh, they send um the, I think the one I'm the, I guess of course it's just just the way I approach things. Um, the one I'm most interested in is the tiny tiny like pocket one. I have no idea how to use it. I've got no how. Oh yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. Well, mainly um, I've got that. It's so most of their maps I think are um, A4 or A3 yeah. size because we fold them out. But they also make like an A6, I think, book. I, th I don't know. I thought it was even smaller than that. I thought it was like a. <laughs> it was like right, post-it right, notes right. or something. Oop. When you get sound effects for those seconds, while I go, and go I, I know where it is on my shelf. Okay, one, one, one moment. <laughs> Oh, it is. It, yes, no. I suppose it is a six. Yes, no. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 square, but it's absolutely tiny. Um, I've usually used it in, in Venice. I've usually used them as um, entrance ways. Ah, okay. And, and, and exits, which are just you know, bottlenecks. The entrance way backwards. Um, and those have quite cool things. And sometimes having things on the map can be quite, you know, they'll be. 
some barrels on the pre-printed mm. map or that you've thrown on the onto the the table as what in your mind a meaningless uh, terrain just to look cool essentially and mm. then by seeing them a character a player says oh can i hide in that can i hide behind <laughs> it can i roll a barrel at them um and i mean obviously you can just think those things up having them there good for inspiration well at times yeah yeah i suppose i suppose that is it which is you want to put the things there that are going to surprise you as a gm i suppose that's quite useful if they are all um pre-printed basically if you don't have to you don't have to you don't have to describe the torches i suppose and that sort of thing i'm gonna to have to try a, a proper game with like proper uh minis and stuff at some point proper proper christopher i know everything is proper and nothing is proper that's it i suppose so <laughs> yes yeah uh i just feel i just feel that I've, i'm clearly cheating by um just uh just chatting away <laughs> um so that sorry that was a small diversion there into just like basically personal advice for me uh that i should uh i should maybe give it a go um uh but you've um you've you've reviewed a lot of really interesting stuff over the last i don't know what six months or something like that um i would say the last few years personally but uh i mean I mean, I'm just going back as far as my memory goes before it sort of <laughs> <laughs> there's an error comes up or something <laughs> before the 404 message appears. Uh, this memory is not found. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, so, well, I, I, um, there's a couple of ones that I'm really interested in are um, Tartus Gate and those yes. dark and those dark places as well. They're both they, they really interest me. Um, yeah, they're both sort of dark sci-fi. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, which one to start with? Let's start with uh, Tartarus Gate, yeah, because it's the 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 newest one. And this is from Rebellion Unplugged. Yes, yes, it which is. Which is actually a bunch of Osprey guys, I think. Um, uh, yes, at least. Uh, so this is at least I know that their PR guy is an ex Osprey guy. Yeah, sorry, yes. Uh, this is, <laughs> we won't name drop him here because it's probably GDPR non-compliant or something. But. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 the first. So it's um, it's the first. It's the first. It's I think its original name was Adventure Unleashed Tartar Skate or something mm. like that. And it's the first in a series of essentially RPGs in a magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea being that you buy this magazine. I think I think off the top of my head, it's maybe uh, maybe ten pounds. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, something if, like that. If that, and uh, it's got the rules, it's got the characters, it's got the adventure mm-hmm. in it. And uh, Tartarus Gate is about its uh, horrifying sci-fi, like horrifying, depressing, futuristic sci-fi, um, where a, a corporate entity has taken upon themselves to create uh, a digital hell to, to 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 punish those who have sinned, uh, which is wonderful fun. And the the player characters are um, a group of interns sent to go and do maintenance on this distant. Uh-huh. Uh, facility and then they find that uh, all of these digital ghosts are unthawing uh, <laughs> our bodies and causing havoc uh it's and it, it's it's great fun it's um a, a written by uh, the team from rowan rook and a uh, deckard to do a lot of sort of very interesting oh, yeah so that's spire right uh spire yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, many other things yeah. um and it's wonderfully written it's very it's very bleak <laughs> Um, but it's 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 great fun, and the fact that it is in this very consumable format is very interesting. That the rules are, I think, maybe a two-page spread. Yeah. Um, they're very uh, limited in the sense that you know there's no way to make a character. 
Mm-hmm. It's all just you have to buy the pregens, and it's I think it's an interesting trend in um, sort of quasi one and done RPGs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For example, um, you know things where you sort of have to play a specific arc out to a certain extent. Like uh, so, there's this, there's um, uh, Band of Blades, which I think we reviewed in 2019 or last year, mm-hmm. perhaps. Yeah, um, where essentially there is there it's not a universal system where you can sort of take this and run any kind of stories you want you're playing this specific type of adventure mm-hmm. and i find that quite interesting quite refreshing that you know not every rpg needs to offer infinite entertainment yeah there's nothing wrong with paying in this case 10 quid and you know having what probably last about three sessions maybe four sessions having 12 hours of fun between four four or five of you seems yeah no, it's a perfectly reasonable return on investment to me. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that. I like um, so this is, I mean, this is probably a very unpopular opinion, uh, but I, I like my RPG books to be as kind of like trashy as possible, um, and not to be, and if, if it was up to me, uh, they would all be in a size closer to a normal softback book, mm. um, rather than um, uh, the huge tomes um that uh they they almost universally get printed in uh so uh, i mean electric bastion land all the D stuff pretty much everything comes in a, a sort of standard hardback size um mm. which is lovely to look at as an object um but in terms of like being able to read it in the bath um probably not <laughs> it's probably not quite yeah, I, I, I don't think i've ever read an rpg in the bath uh, well, I've well, I've not read many because the format <laughs> isn't quite so too bloody big. <laughs> yeah, that's in right. fact, on the thought on the thought of format sizes, you've yeah. segued beautifully, mm. uh, and if it's intentionally, then very well done into those dark places, because those dark places is, uh, in fact, from Osprey Games, mm-hmm. one of their line of RPGs, and I have the book within convenient grabbing a distance. <laughs> uh, it is, hey, yeah. It is um, uh, A5 size, I think, less than 100 pages, just over 100 pages. Yep, perfect. Um, yeah, and it's very light, very breezy. Um, it's, it's, it, this is about sci-fi horror that's less about um, sort of Star Trek or alien thing, where the things where there's horrible creatures in the gloom trying to eat your face, mm-hmm. or uh, alien empires trying to conquer the world. And more about, hey, what do you think would happen if we got uh, a spaceship built by the lowest bidder, stuck a load of crew <laughs> on there for six months and said, hope everything goes okay and that no one goes insane and murders everyone. Um, it's, it's again, quite bleak. The rules are incredibly um, uh, simple. If I have a criticism of the game, it's the rules are a bit perhaps too simple in places and kind of don't work as well as they might in some areas but um but it's an incredibly light very interesting take on sci-fi horror yeah yeah it, it, i mean it sounded very good it's, it's very much the sort of um paranoia end of things um yes. where rather than uh yes uh because uh, because you know the nice thing about the alien rpg is that um people are very you can say things like um, you you can just because you you can just basically fuck with the players and say this <laughs> uh, you you hear something in the vents um, or whatever and you know the equivalent of that 
uh, and you know some of them will immediately fire a flamethrower into it um and you know it was just uh things warming up or whatever because they've just turned the ship on you know it does you know or uh, they've taken it out of you know um uh, stasis mode or whatever uh and all these all these things um that you can sort of do to players are then backed up by the fact that eventually they will meet an alien at some point uh which will take the head off um because uh, they haven't got a flamethrower anymore because they fired it into a vent because they <laughs> <laughs> they, they heard a noise which is perfect um but this is more on the their mind there's probably not an alien came to um bite your face off in this one yes yeah yeah um which is its own kind of uh yeah genre i guess it's more like um you will i don't know turn up to you'll be sent off to go and and service a space station and by the time you've arrived there uh you know their food system has broken down and they've resorted to horrible <laughs> a cannibalism perfect yeah there we go that's it yeah <laughs> the horror is other people <laughs> the real horror is humans um, um yeah which uh i suppose maybe that maybe that's a nice segue into um altered carbon if you if you have any remaining thoughts on that because that's um uh where the horror is humans but it doesn't matter because you can just swap into a different body it's fine yeah altered carbon is an rpg that honestly i was quite disappointed by um because partially because it's um i read the book that the tv show is based on at least and partially this Mm. when i was in my teens i i fell in love with that thought was a great book um and some of the concepts of it are very fascinating if you've not seen the tv series read the book the main premise of the show is that again sci-fi future um but human consciousness can be digitized and stored and essentially everyone's got a think of like a usb stick jammed in the back of their neck and you can have your consciousness downloaded to that and you can switch out from body to to body by having your uh, your consciousness transferred and there's some really interesting things so like um the, the the physical stats your character has are linked to the 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 body they're in mm. not the player not the 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 character playing it mm. so if you wanted to um i don't know if you knew that there was likely to be a big fight mm. in your future you could get one of your team to transfer into you know a specially cloned hulking brute with you know guns in his hands and laser eyes <laughs> which sounds uh, cool which sounds which, which sounds very cool um and and it is and like the fact that you can as a GM, you can be as murderous as you want. You can have machine guns just be like, oh, you rolled poorly. You get literally scythed in two by uh, <laughs> 40mm shells. But you know that within 20 minutes, they'll be back in a new a new body. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, it, the, I don't really like the rules in it. It's um, it's quite fiddly. It, yeah. It, and it's not very well written, frankly. It took, it literally took, and this is, I don't know, perhaps me exhibiting being awful at games, but it, it took our group 20 minutes to work out how to shoot someone. And I, <laughs> I, I, that's not an incredibly enthusiastic uh, response to, no. uh, to a game. Uh, it's, what kind of um, shooting was it in the end? Was it basically you were doing miniature wargaming? Uh, uh, no, not really. Okay. It, it's very sort of RPG-y. Okay. But... Um, it was just, I'll be honest with you, it was a few months ago and I've flushed it from my brain. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That's cool. Well, the other one, uh, which is maybe slightly more recent, um, and I'm going to test you on, is um, uh, Aegon. 
Yes. Is, uh, which is, um, from my understanding, you just resolve everything with one dice roll. Well, it's yes, it's the uh, it's the exact opposite of um, all the sci-fi we've been talking about, <laughs> so far as it is ancient Greek adventures, mm. and um, well, not even, not even really ancient Greek adventures, more ancient Greek Greek myths, mm. um, and it's a fascin it's a fascinating game in that it, it tries very closely to to mirror the feel of ancient Greek stories. Mm where sort of a characters go to an island that there's a problem and then they role play a bit and then they sort of have a confrontation with whatever problem is causing the day and everything is everything really is settled with the barest amount of roles humanly mm -hmm. achievable and in a very sort of sweeping and a narrative way mm. that that does feel very 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 you know grecian myth you're all doing sort of heroic things right from the start and legendary things and you'll hold up the sky and uh, Etc. and uh, do battle with well, not do battle with the gods, so the gods would murder you, but you know, interfere with the gods mm. and be cursed and blessed by them. But no, it's um a very interesting system because I, there are plenty of uh, vaguely Grecian, ancient, mm. legend-inspired RPGs out there. But most of those amount to, I mean, more or less D and D in sandals. Yeah. Um. Aegon, however, is very much we are doing Greek myths, mm -hmm. and that's it. And then, well, and, you know, you could also do like Babylonian myths, I suppose. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> yes, yeah, I suppose, yes, any any kind of myth could I could you could slot in there, I suppose. Um, and that, I mean, that's another gorgeous little book as well that I um, again I've not got to the table, um, so that's on my my two to get to the table one day pile. Um, so what have you? What else have you got coming up? What are you looking uh, forward to? Well, uh, Wonder Home. Yes, yes. Uh, which is on the thought of of small mice. Yes. <laughs> Earlier, it is an absolutely beautiful. I think it describes itself as a pastoral fantasy RPG. Yeah. Uh, where you play as, you know, anthropomorphized woodland critters. Uh, earlier, when I said um, there's a whole, sort of a whole section of um, uh, sort of fluffier rpgs that electric bastion land uh doesn't fall into because uh actually you hit a lot of things um uh wonder home is yes. maybe the exact example of um it's a nice it's it's a, a game for people who want to enjoy a nice day out well kind of yeah i mean the one of the premises is that um that there that there was a war in recent history, there was some terrible thing that occurred, mm. and now the world is healing, and you're going around and exploring things, and all of your characters are um, generally dealing with some sort of trauma or upset mm. in some way. But there's no there's no stabbing. In fact, one of the character sort of the class equivalents is the ex a soldier who has a sword in their inventory, but they can't draw it. Yes, there we go. Yes, for uh, for some some reason, you go around and you sort of solve problems and make friends and talk over campfires and it looks wonderfully beautiful and a melancholy and joyous at the same time mm -hmm. so i'm absolutely looking forward to that it looks absolute great fun yeah it does look really good i've i've seen um i watched a bit of uh chris mcdowell speaking of bastion and he does a couple of streams mm -hmm. uh, uh every now and again uh, on youtube and twitch and I think he did a solo playthrough um, right. of of it, um, and he had um, one of the one of the 
things his character had was like um, judgmental, but trying not to be, as in, or some of the other equivalent, which is just says they are judgmental, <laughs> which, <laughs> which it, and that they are, or they were judgmental, or they're trying to work on it, or something like that. It's just like these little character things that are, um, I guess, really easy to lean into, um, mm. uh, but probably not on the tricking people into it in the June kind of way we were talking about earlier. You're probably going <laughs> to have to go in with a with a, uh, a good heart with this one, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think if you go in with the intention of, of murdering everybody, you're going to be um, butting up against the intent of the rules somewhat in Wonder Home. I'm I'm currently reading and trying to get my head around um, uh, Vasen or Vazen? Vazen, yes. Vazen, yeah. Yes, um, I think it's Vazen. Well, I... <laughs> I um, I can't remember. <laughs> I, I, I say it wrong every time, I'm sure. I say it wrong at least one way every time. Um, uh, I'm trying to get my head around that because that's sort of fantasy, Nordic fantasy Cthulhu. Because it's all... Yes. Yeah. Have you, have you, play, have you played it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, yeah, the Scandi version of Call of Cthulhu in some ways. Mm. Um, there's a very heavy... The premise is that there are, you know, weird, spooky things in the forests and things that come out at night and you're part of an ancient secret society that's trying to deal with them in various ways. Mm-hmm. But there's uh, a big emphasis on on building your base and building your sort of home. Yes, yeah. Uh, uh, like a ruined castle full of labs and armories and flower gardens. Yeah, it's which, quite uh, enjoyable. Which I've I've not got my head around that at all in any way whatsoever. Because I've I I will say this: I've never played an RPG where building. I mean, Mouseritter offers you lots of base building options, but I didn't. We didn't play it long enough to get into <laughs> wanting to build our you know mouse fort. Um, uh, so I, I've never really I've never really understood how that works, other than a, a, a persistent sort of um, resource uh, between games. Uh, but the thing I like about it is the the kind of um, from the GM side, you're going to be because uh, to to get rid of a vasen or vasen, um, you know, whatever it is, it could be a will o' the wisp, it could be like a fairy, it could be a troll, whatever. There's always like a rite or a ritual that needs mm. to be carried out, uh, and it's like getting the characters or getting the players to a point where they can work out what that is to solve it. Um, I think it's it's very um, Scooby Doo in the best possible way. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, so they're gonna, yeah, because it's ghost hunting, really, you know. Hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm trying to get my head around that. How how I'm going to get my players to to play it uh, properly without them just hitting everything? Because obviously I've trained them to only do one thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think uh, sometimes you can ha- let them try hit, hit something, and then have it hit them back harder. <laughs> yes, I suppose, I suppose that's the way, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yes. Um, and is there anything else you're looking forward to? I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, we've talked about, we sort of, it's very hard to have a, a conversation about RPGs without tangenting off D&D at some point, and, uh, uh, I'm in fact working on the review of, uh, Van Richten's, uh, Guide to Ravenloft, which is the mm, latest, uh, yes. D&D source book, which, in fact, uh, segues quite nicely from Vazen, it's all yeah. about, uh, trying to turn D&D into a sort of spooky game, mm. with, uh, the Domains of Dread, which has been a hallmark of D&D for I think 30 years or mm. so now which are these you know um, pocket dimensions yeah basically yeah a pocket dimensions where everything's awful and it's ruled over by a um, a dark lord 
who is also there to be, you know, in hell to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. They're being punished um, by making things awful. So there's um, it, it, one of my favorite. Um, uh, so the book contains sort of some extra op- options for playing as, you know, uh, a half a vampire mm-hmm. a character or a um, a warlock who's been blessed by, you know, dark gods. Uh, but there's also, I think, 40 different uh, domains of dread, which are sort mm. of essentially tiny uh, settings that you can use. And uh, one of my favorites among them is a realm that is sort of constantly on the verge of a zombie apocalypse. Excellent. That's being used to uh, slowly torture its its dark lord, who is this famous uh, military uh, a commander who sort of exploits the populace to win the war but is always on the verge of losing as well. So they're mm. sort of being kept in in limbo of constantly fighting a fight that they can't win. And then into that, you throw the heroes who get, I don't know, drafted into the army or have to fight off zombies. And it's all very uh, dark and depressing and also quite fun. Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, that's, um, yeah, this is, a, uh, this is Evil Dead for D&D. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <so>, uh, <laughs> um which i i I like i mean i like so again so the the best D &D book i think that i own that i look at more regularly than anything else is uh, tasha's cauldron yes um because it's got a bit in it about a mimic colony which i think is maybe one of the funniest ideas (laughs) in the whole of the thing just (laughs) because it could be peaceful but it's probably not and also every everything is a mimic <laughs> which is just i think it's just a funny silly idea um that's uh like kind of um feels out of character a little bit with some of the other places you were invited to go to i also really liked um reading icewind dale uh the yes. most recent one frost maiden run the frost maiden um because that's again beautiful um beautiful book it has horror elements got spooky yes. bits it's got a whole set of secrets including cannibalism um and it's just like it's great that's you know uh sudden, suddenly um there's a lot of motivation in it a lot of role playing in it that uh, appeals <laughs> to me um so yeah yeah cool well um well thank you for joining us today that's quite right been very very happy to come and ramble about rpgs yeah thank you and it was this is exactly what i wanted which is a complete ramble anyone at home who would wishes us to be more structured sorry um, <laughs> <laughs> this is what this was for me basically uh, <laughs> um so uh that's great is, is there anything you'd like to plug oh uh not right now i mean i'd like to plug the the very concept of playing rpgs in person again because i've not yeah. really been doing that for Oh yeah, I suppose we should. Year, we should talk about. We should talk about that, shouldn't we? Isn't it going to be good? <laughs> it's it's going to it's going it's it's going to be weird. Yeah, very weird. How do I interact with humans? Do they need water? I don't know. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Absolutely. I um, this is like uh, we obviously need to do a version of this for the uh, the website or something. Did you see the hugging guides going around? How to hug after the pandemic? No, <laughs> no, they sound horrifying. Yeah, five. Five tips for hugging after the pandemic. <laughs> I think, I think what really tells you is that actually, you might want to hug people, but maybe just don't for a bit still. Just, just, just for... stern nods. Just yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's only you know. I think you know you're gonna hug the people you want to hug in a normal way, and if you need a guide, then maybe maybe you shouldn't be hugging that person. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but yeah so uh i'm absolutely looking forward to yeah doing all this in person just uh having people react without a small delay or uh squinting at screen because they because <laughs> they're looking at uh, the map or whatever yes. it is um well that thing where someone sort of looks over and to the left of the screen and goes like what so what oh no tuesday <laughs> tuesday sorry i'll be back <laughs> that's it yeah yeah that's like uh the, the breaking of eye contact and that sort of thing uh just um uh which is just you know i think any any time as a gm where you're you're delivering a, a piece of uh important information law a tip anything like those players but they could be distracted by for example well with most of my friends at the moment uh being handed a baby because it's their turn um <laughs> or whatever um uh it's um uh, always going to be uh it's going to be much much better for that to be happening in real life at least um you know, yes so. um but yeah yeah i'm uh oh, desperate to get out with normal people it's gonna be it's gonna be, i say normal people with my friends um and uh it's gonna be it's gonna be wonderful um okay well um we've plugged we've plugged the concept of rpgs do you do you do you want to you don't want to plug anything else do you want to be found anywhere uh... speaking of hugging would you like anyone to come hug you Oh yeah, I think I, I so I I write RPG adventures occasionally. You find them at uh, winghornpress.com. Uh, you can also find me at winghornpress on Twitter. And uh, yeah, if you like what I say, go f- buy things I've 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 written, please. That would be very nice of you. Thank you. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so I'm not very good at self self plugging. It's very annoying. I'm good for doing other people's stuff. It's kind yeah. of my job, but myself I'm like ah, oh, I suppose it's okay. I don't know. <laughs> I think they're pretty good. I got um this is this time I, I got an email from um people who run the DMs Guild because a New Zealand television station um are doing a documentary about games mm-hmm. and they want to use one of the things I wrote in their episode on games. So yeah. that, that, that that's that's weird. Yeah, that's great. Big in New Zealand. Big in New Zealand. I want to yeah. be big in New Zealand. I like New Zealand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh I I mean just for people who um people listen to this podcast thank you for uh, liking and subscribing and all the other things you have to do these days uh because you have made us um big in finland we are we are 64th on the podcast chart for finland uh leisure wow yeah that's right yeah that's uh getting those that big uh uh big finland energy or whatever um <laughs> anyway, i've gone off and I've become a little bit strange so um i will say thank you very much and uh, we'll see you all soon Yes, see you soon, everyone. Bye-bye.